Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 18th episode of the podcast on December 27, 2012. We hope you all had a Merry Christmas, uh, very happy holidays, and we are in some bit of crunch time ourselves. You know, we mm-hmm. have this time off from work. I have off from work, fortunately, and you from mm-hmm. school. Yep. Um, and we're getting ready for the Show Me Your News Game of the Year Awards in a few days. Wow. Kind of like a culmination of all the, you know, hard work and, and everything that, you know, everybody from all the different shows on the network put together each year. And it it's, each year it outdoes it does itself. So, um, it's you know, it's kind of difficult. You've got to try and... Uh, you know, knock last year's show out of the water, and I, I, I definitely think you will. Um, it's just a lot of work from from everybody, but you know, a lot definitely from you. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I'm really getting to the point right now where all this editing I'm doing, it's starting to burn and freak me out a little bit because <laughs> we're only a few days away. But we'll make it through to the other side. We got to keep up podcasting with this because it is a big week. Um, because of all the game of the year planning, uh, just totally just get my mind to have a guest, much less say, oh yeah, I need to come up with an outline for this podcast, so forgive me if we don't have a guest on this week. Um, but yeah, we've got the some of the New Year's Day, definitely all the New Year's Day bowls uh, here for yeah. college football. So, you know, last big week for those, and then the final week of the NFL. It's an exciting time. It is. First, we start off, though, in the red zone, where we cover the top three stories from the past week in sports. We start out with the 20-yard line, and this went down today. In the NBA, the New York, uh, not not New York, oh man, I've got to get out of that habit. <laughs> and not really habit, because we don't really talk about NBA on the show, but in the NBA, yeah. the Brooklyn Nets have fired Avery Johnson after a 14-14 and start. Yeah. Um, they, uh... You know, I guess they're just not impressed with what's going down now. But it it really is kind of interesting because you you look at you look at you know just a while ago was it like a little under a month he was named Eastern Conference Coach of the Month for November. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know just like a quick turnaround and I guess you know things aren't going as well as they they had hoped for their you know their newer organization and uh, the you know the the front office is like, oh, time to make a change. And you see it more and more. You see short leashes. You see, what, you, the, the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's kind of a higher profile, but, you know, I guess the, the Nets, you know, want to be taken seriously by everyone else. So, you know, teams make these kind of quick decisions all the time because, they they're trying. I guess they're trying to turn around what they they think needs turned around right away. So I don't know. It's an interesting move. Uh, yeah, I think that they are trying to give themselves a cachet that they don't really have yet. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, the 
new arena, the new name, the new logo. They're trying to rebrand themselves in a way. But I think you almost have to earn that and not just say, oh, well, new appearance, new new start, and we're going to take things seriously. Now, I, I don't necessarily agree with the decision. Granted, it is a very sharp turnaround. Uh, they went 11-4 yeah. and four in November, and they've gotten off to a 3-10 and 10 start in the month of December. So that you know puts them at 500 for the year uh, so far, and that's almost you know good enough to make the playoffs yeah. in the East, uh, you know, or just in the NBA in general. Uh, I don't, I guess you know maybe the ownership didn't like the direction it was taking. I think you know they're they're saying the uh, with the GM. Mm-hmm. Said like, oh, I, I, we didn't get the impression he was reaching the players enough. I almost think that's a <laughs> bit of a stretch and almost making an excuse there. Yeah. And I think Avery Johnson is a good coach. Uh, the question is, do they think they can line up someone of a higher profile? You, Granny, you do have PJ Carlissimo uh, as the interim coach on the bench. And he does have a lot of years of experience. You know, solid coach. I wonder if you know they're going to stick with him or they use a higher profile. But yeah, I mean, the quick turnaround. I mean. That didn't really seem to work out with the Lakers, and granted, they've put a few games together right now. They've you know gotten Steve Nash back. Um, mm. That was quite the good Christmas present for them, as yeah. it were. And you know the NBA is big on Christmas, but I don't know if you know they just the Nets have really built themselves that cash day to you know warrant this kind of turnaround to think that well we we deserve better. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the the front office, the GMs, that they can say what they want, um, you know, when they're being interviewed, but it almost makes you wonder what's the relationship there. Like, was there disagreements on a couple of different levels? Maybe that's why they're like, oh, well, you know, if you're not going to go with this plan that we have set here, then you're out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that could happen, you know, and we a lot of us might not even know about it because it's kind of behind closed doors and unless the coach says something, but I'm sure, you know, uh, that probably factored in a little bit because, um, I, I don't know. It, it just kind of, I, I was kind of shocked when I saw that it like could even happen just because it seemed a little fast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is like a trend we're going to see in the NBA. A little bit. I don't know if it's because you know it. It is a newer organization, but it you know it happened. It already happened earlier, at the very beginning of the year. I know the Lakers are one thing, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see it maybe happen two more times this year. Yes, I'm trying to think of like a team that might make some sort of move like that. That would be kind of undeserved, like this as well. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a very, very strange move in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, it, it, could, it sure. could be a trend. Who knows? We just gotta wait a little bit longer. I'm kind of just surprised at this point. You know, we're already seeing it, but right. so I, we get to make the play with the wonder. predictive element that we like to base our show on. Uh, wondering if this will be a positive change for the Nets, and if the Brooklyn Nets make the playoffs as a result of this mm. move. Well. Um, I don't know. I, you know, first thing, like you were mentioning before, they're in the East, so they've already got to step up on everybody in the West, mm-hmm. <laughs> because top to bottom, definitely easier, you know, road to the playoffs. Um, I, you know, I, I've only watched. I watched them play um, the Knicks once mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, very competitive 
um, with the, the Knicks. I mean, they were leading pretty much the entire game. Um, and, you know, I kind of liked what I saw from them. Um, you know, I still think they have a ways to go. But I definitely think they could make the playoffs. I, I'm not even going to – I'm not going to count them out, even if they do switch coaches. Um, but, you know, the fact that they did just – you know, they are going to be breaking in a new coach, I think it's going to set them back. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of people say things like, you know, with the Lakers, you know, oh, they have so much talent. Um, you know, even though they are switching coaches, there's no way that they, like, don't make the playoffs. But, they, you know, they, yet they're still struggling. A good bit, so um, I, I think that that trend is going to kind of continue. I, I think any team that does that switches coaches some part, some way through the season, there's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and push that against them. Say, let's say they don't. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with <clears throat> play devil's advocate here. I think that the East, yeah, you know, the lower end is you know relatively easy enough to make it. Um, yeah, I don't think they get much higher than seventh, maybe mm-hmm. seventh, eighth, or something like that. Sneak in. Yeah, I think you know they kind of ride the course here and sneak in. But I, I can see problems. I think you know there's definitely the possibility to have uh, issues like that happen because this is a move that if, yeah, if we say it feels too soon, um, it's surprising and not sure it's necessarily warranted. Yeah. But I, I can see that with you know the relative ease of making the playoffs in the east i mean what the pistons are having a really difficult season but technically like they're only you know several games out or something like that so yeah. uh, i think it's you know more possible to do so in the east than it is in the west at least right now so i can oh. see you know the the nets sneaking in there and then yeah. getting bounced you know first round to <laughs> miami or the knicks or something like that oh god i gotta have that last place seed in the east that'd be awful mm-hmm yep <laughs> Well, the ten-yard story here. We're talking NFL records, and the uh, you know one of the more notable ones actually happened. We thought it you know might happen uh, by the end of the season, but Calvin Johnson decided to break Jerry Rice's uh, single-season <laughs> receiving yard record. Last he decided week. to. Well, I mean, <laughs> he was like, oh hell, I'll do he it. was 182 yards short coming into this past game with the Falcons, mm-hmm. and he gets 225. It's yeah, like, no, let, let's not space they, it out over the couple games. Let's just get it all in one fell swoop. Uh, very impressive record. Well, he, he now stands at 1,892 with one game to go. That game itself, I mean, that that was one of the better performances I've ever seen for a player. Oh, I mean, for a player, absolutely. I would say for the team, my goodness, they outgained <laughs> the Falcons like 522 to 300-something, and they lose by 13 points. I, I mean... Unbelievable! It's, that's the Lions, though. Um, but well, I'm the the performance as a whole through the season very impressive. He's only had like five touchdowns. When when you compare it mm-hmm. to 16 last year, not as impressive. Well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I used to be a believer in the Madden curse. When Calvin Johnson gets the Madden curse, I'm thinking, oh no, watch out, um, local team, trouble. But now you you can't look at the Madden curse and take it seriously anymore when there's you know no injury, no you know decrease in production. He breaks an all-time record. Yeah. Granted, the team's performance may have suffered. That's not his fault. He's had a hell of a year, and 
I think the Madden curse is officially debunked in my mind. Yes, um, it's kind of like a like a meme or a, a joke in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, just amazing year. Um, uh, and some one of the uh, players was it uh, Tillman for the. Um, the Bears, Bears was comparing him to LeBron James, saying he's LeBron James of the NFL. Um, I, I saw that story, and then I'm thinking, like, is he going to mention, like, oh, but he won't get a ring until, like, a few <laughs> years or something like that. I mean, it's um, nice that it's I mean, it, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, if, if he ever got traded to, like, a team that, you know, had, like, a really good running game and, mm-hmm. and oh, like... That was just loaded. Like if he was on the Patriots, oh, oh my, my goodness, I, I don't even know. What uh-huh. to... He did sign the contract extension uh, last year. Yeah, and the Lions are um, looking to do the same with Matt Stafford. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely want to keep him, which is why you know you were talking earlier about you know Sue being the probably the odd man out. Yep. Yep. In the bunch there, but uh, you know he just continues to show that you know. One on one, probably two on one, and a lot of times three on one. He can't be covered, really. Um, well, I think you know what you're seeing with the with the red zone stuff is that with less space, it's it is easier to cover him. Right. Um, and I think what what a lot of people don't realize is that if you cover him man man to man, even if you have a fast cornerback, um, he is deceptively fast. It's those long strides. Uh, in that game specifically against the Falcons, they were playing, they were covering him man-to-man, and uh, they had the, pretty much their best corner on him, and he couldn't even keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I think what's... In, the thing that's interesting about him is that a lot of guys his size, they don't really have that kind of speed. Yeah. Um, and I think that really separates him. He, uh, you know, he, he, he does everything that most of the big receivers does, but do, but he can turn that acceleration on. Like in an instant, pretty much. Yeah. Plus, you know, in a league with diva wide receivers and all that, could not be a nicer guy. Oh, of course. Um, stand up, you know, individual. Yeah, so. he, I mean, he makes lots of money, but he earns his pay. Yeah. Oh no, and he's. I mean, if you hear him speak and all that, just he's a, a wonderful person, very mm-hmm. down to earth. So that's yeah. great to see. When as we'll make a quick mention of another um, single season yards record that is at least being threatened. And that would be Adrian Peterson, uh, AD trying to go after the uh, single season rushing record held by Eric Dickerson, and he's what like two hundred eight yards short or something yeah, like that I coming to the last game. And um, I think the last time that he that he played against the Packers, he had two hundred and ten. Very interesting, close stats there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure that they don't want to be the team to let him do it. Um, oh, yeah, I think they're going to put, like, nine in the box or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I could definitely see him running the ball a lot. I'm talking, like, 40 times in this game mm-hmm. just because, you know, he, I mean, honestly, obviously he wants the record and everybody wants, you know, everybody, like, would love to see him try and get it. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Um, kind of, you know, in a way, similar. I Like, I like to compare the teams in a way because... Um, you know the teams themselves, not you know the best overall teams, I mean, like that, but have very outstanding players on them, skill players that, mm-hmm. I mean, can just take over the game, and 
And that's what I think is the most interesting about when you compare the two and say, oh, which one's, you know, having a better season. You just, you look at the teams themselves and these players stand out so much on these teams. Like they, they put in so much of the offense um, that, you know, you've got a game plan around these players and, um, you know, you, you know, you see that a lot in the NFL, you know, you're game planning for, but with these teams specifically, you mm-hmm. honestly, any play, the, either of these guys could just take you to the house. So yep. it's interesting. It's fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch players just, you know, take the game into their hands and well, I mean, Minnesota- team on the back. <laughs> team on the back, though. Uh, Minnesota's fighting for the playoff spot. And yeah. So I, I don't think that Adrian Peterson can get 208 or whatever, you know, he actually needs. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, I think it'll come close. It'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that you know, in that kind of game, um, you know, let's if the if the Packers are scoring each time, he's going to have to put up those kind of yards for them to have a chance mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. So, as far as making the play with uh, Calvin Johnson, though, will Calvin Johnson break two thousand receiving yards this season? He needs a hundred eight. And he's playing I mean, the Bears like defense. Day in the park, kind of. Yeah, he's already him. he's already tied the record for you know most hundred yard games uh, games in a season. I remember at the beginning of the season he said he wanted to get a hundred yards, you know, over a hundred yards every game. Like that was his goal, and it's, yeah. it's impressive that he's come close. He's got like eleven so far. Yeah, he's got a lot. Um, it's I mean, I think that you you could probably almost say that. He'll reach that before Adrian Peterson reaches the amount of yards he needs to break his record, break that record. I'm sure. So, um, you know, because like I said, you know, you can you can bracket him, you can cover man to man, you can you know you could do kind of whatever. You can try and stop him right out of the gates, and he kind of has an answer for everything. So, um, it really, it only takes him about five or six catches. He could have over 100 yards. So. Yeah, uh, and Adrian Peterson is you know definitely close to two thousand as well. It's just you know, oh yeah, Eric Dickerson's record is you know just above that. And I think it's it should be pretty easy for Calvin Johnson to get that, especially when the Lions don't have anything to play for, and mm-hmm. you know Stafford's also on the verge of setting a record for uh, most attempted passes in a season, mm-hmm. which that kind of shows you how much the run game has been struggling. Oh yeah, um, they, they said they run like eighteen percent of the time. Yeah, I think. yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think he, he, he will get that and that'll be very impressive. A lot of people have been talking about, you know, garbage yards and all that, uh, you know, records, a record, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. respect. I mean, I, the people that say that, I don't see them going out and bringing <laughs> these records. That's true. So they need to be quiet. <laughs> well, you know, while we're talking NFL, the, the playoffs are, soon going to be set you know this last week will be very important for deciding the playoff standings and all that in the afc and this is you know our five yard story here in the afc it's pretty cut and dry um Mm -hmm. granted you may have some differences about seating and all that um but right now you have all your teams set you have Mm -hmm. your division champions houston denver new england and baltimore and then indianapolis and cincinnati make the wild card spots and yep. um you know baltimore is locked up that division spot even though baltimore and cincinnati play 
uh, this last week, and Baltimore's a game up on Cincinnati. I think it's the the conference record that's the significant yeah, difference it's a there. Conference record, and that would be the tiebreaker that gives Baltimore that edge over the Bengals. Uh, great to see that Indianapolis got in. Mm-hmm. Um, inspirational season after the rough go they had last year. Oh yeah. And right now, it's you know for the bet at the top, it's Houston and Denver, both tied at twelve and three. Uh, they mm-hmm. Houston does win the tiebreak. Uh, based on yeah. the head-to-head win percentage. Um, and then you have New England a game back, and then Baltimore right now at 10-5. and five. Um, That's pretty straightforward <laughs> in the AFC. You look at... Here we the, go. Look at the NFC, and this is where things get interesting. you got Atlanta locking up that top spot with that win over the hapless Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Bay and San Francisco are almost tied, except... Mm-hmm. San Francisco had that tie against the uh, the St. Louis Rams that mm-hmm. technically puts them, I guess you could say, a half game back of yeah. Green Bay. Um, you know, they can duke it out for you know a higher spot if you know Green Bay loses and then San Francisco wins. That means you know San Francisco's up and gets the second spot with the uh, the bye because that's you know very important. Yeah. Um, and then you have. Interesting things happening in the NFC East where it comes down to the Washington Redskins and Dallas Cowboys game. Winner take all division spot. Uh, that will be exciting to watch. And that's the NBC Sunday night football game. Mm-hmm. And then with Seattle's trouncing of the 49ers at home last week on the, the NFC or <laughs> NBC Sunday night football game, uh, they lock up a division spot. And they do technically need to win while San Francisco loses to win the division. But they at least lock up the playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, They're playing just good as anybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, What, the two 50-straight games, uh, 50-point games, and then uh, you get 42 or something? Yeah, what they did to San Francisco was just, uh, you know, teams don't do that to them. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's the home field. No one wants to... Get stuck playing Seattle yeah. home field, and that's the tricky thing. I mean, if they do get into that, you know, <clears throat> home field advantage uh, for the first game, uh, watch out. They might make a run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as far as the sixth and you know final spot, uh, it looks like it's going to come down to the NFC North, and you have Minnesota and Chicago tied at nine and six right now. Uh, granted, if both of those teams lose. You might have the Giants sneaking in as the <laughs> third team from the <laughs> NFC East, which I'll tell you what, after the season they've had, that would be very lucky, and you never know with the Giants in the oh, playoffs. No. But watch out. Here Just saying. Um, but Chicago is playing the Lions. Um, it, Lions would have to be the ultimate spoiler there. And mm-hmm. then technically, Minnesota is right now up on the tiebreaker with Chicago. They're playing Green Bay. Uh, so Minnesota wins, they're in. Uh, if they lose, Chicago could jump them. And then if both NFC North teams lose, watch out. If the Giants win, looks like they might be getting in as well. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting breakdown. Uh, we'll go obviously more in depth with the our predictions of who makes the Super Bowl at this point and whatnot. Once the you know matchups are all set, everything is uh, determined uh, next week on the podcast. But for right now, let's make the play here. Which two teams make the final NFC spots? What do you think? Uh, um, 
you know, it's kind of tough. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I kind of, I, I kind of would like to see Minnesota beat Green Bay mm-hmm. this week, um, just because I, I think. Well, I, you know, I'd like heck, I'd like to see that, and then I'd like to see. Uh, no, I'd like to see Detroit beat. Um, let's see, who's Detroit playing? Chicago. Chicago. You know, keep them out of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that would be interesting after the very hot start they've had. You know, seven yes. and one, and then they've. Yeah, because I I I don't know. It just seemed like every time I watched them play this year, they looked awful as bad as they could and then i look at the record i'm like how do they have their record again like well it was because of that scoring defense yeah had the couple touchdowns on defense for a while probably um you know and then you know it who who in the world was thinking you know that the redskins would be where they are right now that's kind of crazy i mean mike shanahan you know basically calls them dead you know, partway through the season, and then like something snaps. I don't know, turns it around. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think what would who you know what team would obviously um, make for like you know a team they could actually like push other these other teams, and I think because it's so cluttered that there's a lot of them that could. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, no, it'll definitely I, be an interesting, you know, playoff once it really gets down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it. I think kind of how we're looking at it right now. That's what it's going to be, just from what I've seen. Um, you might see that top. Maybe this was top two through four shuffle. Mm, yeah, a little bit depending on what the results are this week. Because I think I'm pretty sure that they could all shuffle. Depending on a win or a loss. Sure. Yeah. Um, if you have Green Bay lose, and then San Francisco win. Yep, they move up to two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I pretty much think that it's set. I want to say set in stone with Seattle and Minnesota. Are you Washington and Minnesota? You mean? Yeah, Washington, Minnesota. Hmm. That's what I'd like to see happen, but I have a feeling it's going to be uh, Dallas and Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I see, you know, Chicago taking care of business against Detroit, and Green Bay could be, you know, put up a challenge. Even though, like, their season is, you know, already locked up and whatnot, um, I, I just I have a feeling that, like, Minnesota might not, you know, stand up to the test. And then as far as the Washington-Dallas game goes, um, Washington is playing very well right now, but... Mm-hmm. Something has to happen with you know the talent that Dallas has on their team. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. I, I would not want to see Dallas and Chicago in there. I mean, I think it makes for a much more interesting playoff scenario with uh, the Redskins and the Vikings. But yeah, because then you know with the Vikings, you, all you know everyone's going to talk about Adrian Peterson. Oh sure. The entire time, but that actually gives them something to their story. You know, I people like to, you know, the media likes to make you know stories throughout the playoffs. When you know, especially when teams make it really far, and it's like a, a new team in the Super Bowl or something, 
they love that. Well, it'd, be, just, the same, it'd be the it same up. with RG three in Washington. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it, you know, on it's kind of the same flip sides, and you look at like, you know, oh, Peyton Manning's doing it again. Oh yeah, and then oh, you know. You know, Houston just made the playoffs last year, and now look—they're on the top of the AFC. And then, Andrew oh, Luck is Tom, and Tom Brady going to do it again? Yeah. So you can go through. It. Oh, Andrew Luck! Like you could, you could do it with like each of them. And um, a lot of times, that has to do with specific players on teams. That's so, true. I mean, Dallas and Chicago wouldn't have those sexy storylines. So yeah, I I, I kind of think that um, you know while we like to see like team play and like you know. The best overall teams win. It's really about the superstars to the media. Mm-hmm. It's about the it's about the player that came out of nowhere. It's about the rookie taking his team to the playoffs. It's that's what it's about. I'll tell you what though. A few weeks ago, we were talking about you know playoffs and all that. Night, I said I think that Green Bay and Tampa Bay would get the mm-hmm. last two spots. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tampa Bay's won a game. Since then, yeah, they, there's there's six and nine right now. That, that looks really bad. And then Green Bay just you know kept on doing well while Chicago yeah. kept losing. Like that was at the point where you think, oh, Chicago looks like they could you know take the division, and not necessarily. It so it shows you what a quarterback can do. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Um, let's quickly go through the replay of the games that happened in the NFL Week 15. We start off with Atlanta at Detroit. We kind of talked about this a little bit. It was mm-hmm. minus three and a half. Um, Atlanta wins uh, yeah, in Detroit despite offense, offense. Yeah, um, all over the place. And that was at the Sunday a losing the effort. Saturday Cal- night. Calvin game Johnson in Atlanta. a losing effort, just amazing. Yeah, I mean, very impressive for sure. Um, but Atlanta is a solid team, absolutely. Uh, they win 31 to 18. New Orleans at Dallas. I mean, a game Dallas needed to have. And then mm-hmm. New Orleans, you know, Grant, New Orleans up by a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Dallas comes back, makes it a game, and then, you know, Garrett Hartley kicks that you know, last second field goal, wins it for the Saints. Yep. 34-31. Uh, Washington at Philadelphia, plus four and a half. Grant, I was, I was at a holiday party here, so a lot of these games I didn't get the chance to see, and I'm mm-hmm. tracking this one on my phone. <laughs> I'm seeing the Eagles are driving late. They need that touchdown, and they're in the red zone against the Skins, and something happens, and like they just <laughs> like they got a penalty, and was their, their like time run off or yeah. something, and it just ran out on them. It was, it was surprising. Mm. So that was twenty-seven to twenty. The Redskins pull it out there. Yep. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, another very close one. Uh, minus four in favor of the Steelers. But mm-hmm. Cincinnati gets a last-second field goal and wins 13-10. Yeah, they that did. kicks and out the Steelers. They're, you know, they continue playing so much better than they were at the beginning, earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be an interesting game between them and the Ravens this week. What do you think it was for the Steelers that you know kind of doomed their season? Uh, I, I definitely think... Um, you know, after they, you know, they they struggled to run the ball early in the season. Then they finally got a running game in the middle of the season when they started winning, and and you know that you know they're finally figuring out that offense. It finally got to the point where, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger finally got control of the offense, was running it how it was supposed to be run, and then the injury mm-hmm. happened to him, 
and you know you're pretty much left with defense. Team stack the box. You can't run the ball. You got all these backup quarterbacks coming in, yeah. different ones. I think that was kind of the 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 change. You know, they they won a game there in between the tough game, but I, I just think that there were too many injuries on defense to start off the year. That's true. That was, I think, the biggest problem with them. And then once they finally got to the point where you know they got everyone back, they were missing people on offense. They I think they had two running backs hurt too. So they just too many injuries all around and kind of doomed them. I'm trying to remember the statistic I saw, which uh, very surprising. First time since 1999 mm-hmm. that no team, no NFL team from uh, Pennsylvania made the playoffs. It's been a while. Meaning the, the Steelers and the Eagles. Uh, I mean, it's it's just been that kind of year for yep. both teams almost really. Um, New York Giants at Baltimore Ravens minus three. Uh, Baltimore handled business, yeah, which is surprising because you th- think the Giants coming off that big shutout against the Falcons, you know, where they didn't score any points, they needed to bounce back. They fight and they're fighting for their playoff lives. And the Ravens also coming in on, on that losing streak, yeah. and you got to think they, they had to get one. But that kind of dominating performance, uh, not as close as the final score indicated. Oh yeah. Um, definitely kind of, so, you know, technically the Giants aren't out completely. Right. But, um. Didn't do them any favors though. Yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. They're, they're desperate. And why does that scare me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for a good reason because yeah, just, yeah, just the Giants, um, you know, struggle at the end of the year. They find a way to get they, in they've and got us right make their run. They've got everyone right where they want them. Um. Yeah, you know, Ravens looked a lot better. That's why I think it sets up a really good game matchup this week um, between two teams who, are, who just you know, in their latest performances are playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then San Francisco goes into Seattle, faces the twelfth man on uh, you know Sunday Night Football. I'll tell you when I'm watching the game, and when you had the blocked field goal mm-hmm. taken back for a touchdown to make it twenty-one nothing. I mean, backbreaker. Yeah. You you had a turnover for the the 49ers and uh interception. They they're on their 16-yard line. They hardly can move the ball because of you know, Seattle's defense. Mm-hmm. And then what should be a chip shot field goal blocked and taken back for a touchdown to make it a three touchdown game. Uh, unbelievable 42-13 yeah, I mean, final. you know, the uh, the offense is what we all see mm-hmm. whenever we look at this game, but man, it's just just like the entire year for the Seahawks, their defense has carried them. And I mean, it is. It's very uh, up front. I just. I think it's so much better than a lot of the teams out there that that have, you know, pretty good defenses. I just think up front. I don't think there's anybody that can rotate six men in there that there is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bruce Irvin, who we had play here for a long time. A lot of people thought you know he was really undersized. He wouldn't be able to compete. But man, being able to bring him in fresh. At like you know, every other down, it's just kind of scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah, in, they're, inside they're playing they have very good football. Rookie who is just, I think he's like leading the league in sacks. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that one because there have been, you know, was Alden Smith for the Niners, JJ Watt. I think they're up there. I mean, he might, I mean, it might be like well, for rookies. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like the, they went out and they got like those two guys this year, but then. 
they also had you know some pretty other pretty other guys that were pretty good on that line and it's just I, you cannot stand back there in the pocket. You have to. I mean, you have to take five step drops. Mm-hmm. It, they they're just they get you too fast, and then they they don't really re- let you run the ball either. Yeah, well, they're they're playing very well right now. Um, you have a game up on me. I, I closed the gap by a game, so we're going mm-hmm. this last week of games that count for prediction status. So it'll be yeah. very interesting to see. Skull Jumper's a game up on Major Moses in the NFL as well. He he pulled ahead as well. They were at tie there and, and Moses looks like he's gonna run away with the the college football there. But mm-hmm. we will see as we're getting into this, I think it's just gonna be the last week of uh games that matter for picking for college football here because we have yeah. a, a slate of games here. As we pick six, starting with the you know college football bowl season, we've got a you know New Year's Eve games, some uh, you know New Year's Day games, and some of the BCS games. Although you're technically cutting off, I think it's the Fiesta Bowl and the uh, national championship game because of when our podcast falls next week. Yeah. Um, but we'll see there, and I'll, I'll let you throw in a, a you know we'll start with there, and you know not a game that counts here, but you know the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. I think is a New Year's Eve game for units mm-hmm. uh, West Virginia and Syracuse. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you know what you know what the spread is? I don't even know. Uh, let me check What's that about? for you quickly as you kind of you know break um, down what you think about yeah, the game. Yeah, I you know I think uh, you know we played each other last year. We kind of just got hammered by them when we went to play them before. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they threw a lot of zone blitzes at us to confuse the heck out of Gino. And um, I think he's a lot better uh, quarterback this year. I don't think that they can just do that and expect it because, you, you know, usually when teams uh, blitz against us, we kind of just get to Tavon Austin as quick as we can. And if he breaks a tackle, it's usually a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, West Virginia favored by four, by the way. Okay, yeah. Um, I think we can cover that. Um, you are our, our starting center, I believe, I don't think he qualified for the bowl game. So he's mm-hmm. out. He's probably our best offensive lineman. So... Um, you know, as long as the other guy can come in and not snap the ball over the over the head, you know, right. kind of that that kind of thing, I, I I really don't see them having too much trouble. They, um, you know, they they had that part in the middle of the season where they struggled, but you know, they finished the season winning, which I I think uh, kind of gave them a little more confidence. And you know, I know Kansas isn't a very good team, but I mean. They they show they showed everyone that Kansas isn't a very good team. Mm-hmm. So they you know they they ended the season playing well. So I I think as long as they can kind of continue that have um, some good practices. They didn't uh, uh, the other day there was a uh, freezing rain up there where they're practicing. So they had to practice in the ballrooms of the hotels. Mm. So I'm gonna say they probably didn't pass the ball too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe they wore, you know, dress shoes to not scuff up the floor too much. Yes, it was just a dance class, basically. Well, I'm ima- I imagine I did it. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I, you know, there are players in this game that have a lot to to prove to as far as um, where they're drafted. Um, yeah. uh, offensively, specifically. And... Uh, it, it's really weird because with the, uh, the the bad performances of a lot of quarterbacks this year that were expected to do very well, um, 
there are a lot of people um, saying, a lot of draft experts saying that Geno might be the first quarterback taken, which still kind of surprises me. That really just surprises from, me, yeah. from a standpoint. But what it is is a lot of times when you do the draft, it's by need. It's not by, you know, best player available. And, um, you know, you have teams like the um, Chiefs, who apparently are ready to draft a quarterback. They do not want to trade for one. Yeah, but so, the question, like, do they ha- think that a quarterback of his style fits no, their no, system? I, know, I don't know. I know, and, and I'm just basing this completely on these remarkable things that I'm seeing from, you know, like Mel Kuyper, who usually, you know, does pretty well with his draft analysis. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they seem, if it's not someone who's, you know, everybody's predicted to go number one as a quarterback, usually in the top five have offensive linemen, defensive linemen. And they've just completely shifted that around, and it's, I don't even know what it's about. I'm hearing that New England wants to use their first pick as a luxury pick and pick up Tavon Austin. Hmm. Um, apparently, because um, at inside receiver, they're getting a lot older. Yeah, that's true. And um, they could use them right away on special well, they, teams. They want to... They might want to dump Wes Welker with the yeah, money he's due. Um, so, so um, you know that you know we're not really used to having you know we every once in a while we'll have like a first round draft pick. We usually don't have like two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be interesting. I know Stedman Baylor got drafted wherever because the kid can just catch the ball. Um, he was due another season there. Is he? No, he's leaving early. He's leaving early. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, so, so, you know, it, it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens with that. So I think, you know, those three guys definitely have, the, you know, they all want to have good showings before the, mm-hmm. the combines and everything. So yeah. um, I, I think that, you know, they'll go out and play hard as to what our defense does. We'll, we'll see. But yeah. um, I think we, you know, I think we could win by, you know, a touchdown or two, yeah. maybe 10 points, something like that. So I think we could cover. Okay. Long analysis, but that's what I think. Right. Well, let's make the picks very quickly here. Uh, you know, one, two sentences, whatever. We start at the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Uh, very, very interesting game on New Year's Eve on Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. LSU versus Clemson, plus three and a half. Uh, I'm thinking the Tigers here. Oh, wait. <laughs> They're both the Tigers. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, that's that's a what good color? one. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at LSU here. Uh-huh. Um, I think that in the SEC you just have better talent, and mm-hmm. they can you know keep it at least close with their defense. Uh, and then, you know, four points I think is, is possible. Granted, you know, Clemson has that very powerful offense, mm-hmm. but I think that the defense for LSU can, you know, stand up to it enough. Uh, granted, I could see you know Clemson uh, keeping it very close, yeah. uh, but I think you know just the talent on LSU, um, who was kind of disappointed this year actually. Oh yeah. Um, I think they you know take it there and cover the three and a half. Yeah. Um. You know, I, you know everybody wants to see that LSU defense versus Clemson's offense. Um. But you know I think what determines this game is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um. I think um, LSU's offense is more than competent enough to go against Clemson's defense and right. probably score in the 30s. I I think the reason LSU, you know, 
at times looked so awful on offense this year is because, you know, most of the teams they were playing, they had really good defenses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they, you know, they were going up against teams that statistically had very good defenses. They came, you know, what, under a minute away from beating Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, and, and they moved the ball very well against Alabama in that game. Um, I, I think that I think their offense is more than competent enough to win this game for them. And that defense, just up front, that defensive line is too good for for you know. I, I don't think that I don't think Taj Boyd is going to be able to sit back there and throw the ball. Okay, this next one I have to check. Hold on, this, this does not seem right. Nebraska, oh, it's Nebraska at Georgia. Let's. Mm-hmm. There you go. Let, let, that makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets confusing with bowl games, I think, when you're doing when you're picking the spreads because it, it, a lot of times it's just verses and they don't have the ad. Right, like, right. What team is home or away? Well, you know, let's. I I, I made the pick based on if it was the opposite, and um, <laughs> okay, so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not changing what I'm saying. I think I think I just misread it here or whatever. Okay. Uh, so it's Nebraska versus Georgia minus yeah. eight and a half, which makes a lot more sense than yes, yes. the opposite. Um, who are you picking here? Um, I'm going to go with Georgia. Um, you know, another team that came very close to beating Alabama, um, if not for probably some poor time management at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um and Nebraska just, they were one of those teams that you didn't really know what you were going to get each week. Yeah. They kind of lucked their way into um, into the Big Big Ten Championship game. And then just got demolished. They kind of got blown the hell out. I like, mean, really got blown the hell out. Um, and it, what worries me the most is the way that Wisconsin ran the ball against them. Mm, yeah. And then you look at Georgia and those two tailbacks that they have. Um, it's kind of scary. Not to yep. mention that they can throw the ball all over the place. Yeah. Um, I think Georgia is just uh, too good offensively and is capable defensively. Yeah, they and can they I, can shut down Taylor Martinez. I, I I don't think Nebraska's defense is good at all. I think it's gonna be I mean, pretty lopsided. I, I totally agree yeah. with you. Give me Georgia. Um, yeah, Nebraska <laughs> has had bad showings against you know some good teams, uh, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, especially Ohio State too. Uh, yeah. That game wasn't pretty either. Uh, Georgia by a lot easily covers the eight and a half. I think the Outback Bowl. I'm sorry, that was the Capital One Bowl with Nebraska and Georgia yep. here. Uh, Outback Bowl, South Carolina versus Michigan, plus four and a half. New Year's Day, 1 p.m., same time as the Capital One Bowl. Um, I've mm-hmm. got South Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not that I don't have faith in my team, but I don't see them coming off of the break. Um, they, I, they've got to figure out that double quarterback system. And then yeah. you got to think for the future, like that's not a system you're going to be using. Mm-hmm. So also you have you know the strong defensive line. And the question is, can the offensive line of Michigan hold up well enough? And then can they make you know enough of a push to you know run the ball well? Yeah. Um, I think the SEC talent is just too much. Um, give me the Gamecocks in this one. Yeah, I think. I mean, you you know, you obviously um, that on on that defense for South Carolina, that defensive line is what you're you're worried about. 
you're worried about blocking them. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I what I would I would definitely do is you know if they're rushing those ends really hard, you know, get some draws in there, mm-hmm. zone read kind of thing. Um, I think Michigan's ability to try and run the ball is going to determine how this game goes, and if if they can assemble some some kind of running game in this, they have a much better chance. You've got to keep them honest. If they can just pass rush you, you're done. Mm-hmm. I, that's why a lot of teams. That's why they've beaten a lot of good teams badly, like like Georgia, um, because they just they shut down the run. And once they did that, they just went at the quarterback. Yep. Um, so you got to do that. So, and that's I, and I, I'm not really confident about Michigan's running game. So well, especially that, after the showing against Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. That that's why I'm I'm leaning towards South Carolina because I think if they can make Michigan one dimensional dimensional, then it's not. You know, they can definitely cover five, seven, ten, maybe fourteen points against them. I. I just don't think I think that defense is too good mm-hmm. to um I, and I don't I just don't see them moving the ball up and down the field. You know, prove me wrong. You know, go ahead. Well, I I'd like to see <laughs> Michigan win absolutely, um, but if you know, picking for these these games, yeah. Yeah. You know, we want an exciting outback bowl, so give it to us. But um I I've got South Carolina. The Rose Bowl game presented by Vizio. <laughs> uh some of these in HD. Bowl, some of these bowl titles, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, Wisconsin versus Stanford, definitely what we were not expecting uh, mm-hmm. as far as a matchup there at the beginning of the year with Big Ten versus Pac-12. Uh, minus 6.5 favoring the Cardinal of Stanford at 5 yeah. p.m. Eastern on New Year's Day. What do you think? It's all about the lines in this game. It's all about the big, fat guys up front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wisconsin, you know, struggled a lot this year, but still their strength is their offensive line and their running game. Um, Stanford's strength on defense is that defensive line, which just terrorized the Pac-12 this year mm-hmm. and really turned everything upside down. Um, I, so I, I, I kind of think that that matchup is basically how, how you, um, will determine the game. Wisconsin needs to be able to run the ball or they don't have a chance. Um, and I, I, I just think Stanford's defensive line is is too good to let them run the ball that much, mm-hmm. to let it happen. I, I'm leaning towards Stanford in this one. You know, they only need to touch down an extra point to cover this spread. And I just, I, I the, the, if you look at the teams they beat, I, I really don't know how you could pick against them but i mean you know it heck wisconsin show up like you did in that that game last Absolutely. last time you played and this is this this could be a very fun game to watch but yeah um otherwise I, i've got stanford i think with those lines it will be a slugfest Ooh. i think stanford wins trenches i don't think it's by six and a half so mm. i'm picking wisconsin as far as the points go but I think, yeah, Stanford pulls out a victory, uh, just not by the six and a half. The Discover Orange Bowl, another surprising matchup as we had the team from the MAC, the Northern Illinois, what are they, the Huskies? Um, They're the Huskies. Huskies. Yeah, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Salukis. That's the the other one, the little 
Greyhound Dogs. Little Saluki. Northern Illinois Huskies from the MAC going against Florida State. Seminoles favored by 14 points, and that's mm-hmm. at 8:30 p.m. on New Year's Day. Dude, I've picked Florida State to win the national championship this year. Mm-hmm. I've picked them to win big games by big spreads. Mm-hmm. Again, I think they win. They have let me down so often this year as far as covering those big spreads, though, despite the fact that they are a very talented team. Mm-hmm. They just don't seem to show up in these kind of games to you know, just blow them out. So I'm picking Northern Illinois for Whoa. the sake that Florida State will not cover. I think it's you know a big spotlight. They do have the talented quarterback uh, at Northern Illinois that no one can seem to remember his name <laughs> and no one meaning me. Um, I just don't think Florida State can, you know, cover that 14 points. They've let me down so much this year. I'm picking yeah. the Huskies. Um, you why surprised me? I, um, I figured if because like you know, a lot of times what was it last was it last year or the no the year before where UConn was playing Oklahoma and the spread oh, was yeah. like 20 for a BCS game. And that should never be the case. <laughs> um, so, you know, 14 for a BCS game, that's that's a pretty big spread. Um, but then, you you know, you have to look at the level of competitions between the teams that have played this year. And, you know, if you break down Northern Illinois' schedule, they've played some pretty good teams. Um, they've, they've, I mean, they, I really believe that they'd be a great Kent State team. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of their most recent games, um, and and that, it really surprised me, but it showed me a lot about that quarterback who cannot believe that he is as young as he is. Um, it, I I think this game will be fun to watch, and I don't think that I'm not like trying to put down Florida State or anything. Oh, no. oh, I'm no. just saying that um, you know if you haven't got to see this kid who this kid play um, for them, he is. He's very talented. Um, um, oh, let's see. He had just look at. Do you have his quick. name? Just good. Um, let's see. What is his name? Uh, I know his last name's Lynch. Um, Jordan Lynch. Jordan Lynch. Okay. Um, let's see where. Okay, let's just say this. He had a lot of yards rushing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you were just going through the stats um, for the um, NCAA this year, you'd look at his name and you'd be like, "Oh, it's a running back." It has mm-hmm. to be. There's no way that he has that many rushes and yards. But he's indeed a quarterback. And um, he, yes, I mean a lot of people think his coach is crazy for letting him run the ball that much. But you know he didn't get hurt. Um, he really is very good. He very accurate passer. Um, just does not look like that he was recently, you know, playing high school ball. Yeah. Um, that that happens every once in a while, you know. Um, he was passed up by a lot of um, bigger schools that were recruiting him, and I I think he really could put on a good performance against Florida State. You know, they have talent on defense, and um, I I really do think that it, uh, in a lot of games this year it was their offense that carried them. Um, so I, you know, I kind of expect a shootout. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that the people. At the Orange Bowl would love that. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and pick Northern Illinois because I'm, I'm I'm seeing it more like 
a 10-point or 7-point game for Florida State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one. Yeah. I just watched. Florida State's going to make this both look bad and just blow them out. Just watch. <laughs> the All-State Sugar Bowl on Wednesday, the 2nd. So it'll be just before we have to do our next podcast. It's Louisville versus Florida. And Florida's favored by 15. And I'm picking the Gators. Um... <laughs> I've just the SEC against the Big East school there. Um, and I don't think I don't think it'd be much more than fifteen, you know, seventeen points, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida is a hot team right now, and they could have easily have been playing for a national championship if you know mm-hmm. the cards had fallen that way uh, with the season they had. So I think I think Louisville is a good team for the Big East. Uh, yeah, obviously they deserved. To win it in that you know hard fought game with Rutgers, mm-hmm. uh, but Florida too much, too much Florida. Give me the Gators. Yeah, um, you know uh, this this pick actually is a little bit more based on. For me, it's more based less based on whatever Louisville plans to do in the game, and it's more based on from actually sitting down and watching Florida's games. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know if I've seen a team in college football more this year that that um, maybe besides Notre Dame that plays the level of their opponent mm. more, um, yet manages to win. Interesting. A lot of games they, uh, you know, they they played some really good teams and got by them. You know, we we looked earlier on in the year in that at that Texas A and M game. And we were like, oh, man, Texas a is not that bad. And then they started losing. They lost, like, a game or two, and we are like, ah, they're nothing. <laughs> and then we realized, we look at the stats, and we're like, oh, my God, they're quarterback. What, what yeah. is he doing? You can't do that. <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, Florida beat them. That, that goes down as a really good win. People didn't know it at the time. Um, and, 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 you know, they, they beat some other, you know, Notable schools had a good strength of schedule, as you usually do playing it's that side of the um, SEC specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, you know, again they were really close to playing for the national championship again, which it's probably a good thing that didn't happen because that people would have been mad about that. Yeah. Um. But. You know, you sit down, you actually watch their games. They, every time where it looks like they're about to pull away and make it a 21-point game, something like that, they just do not function on offense at all. Their defense is, I still, their defense is good. It's got a lot of talent on it. They don't give up a lot of points or anything like that. They just seem to not want to move the ball when when it's time to put the game out of reach. And for things like that and things like, oh, late touchdowns near the end of the game doesn't really count for anything, that's the reason I'm going to pick Louisville. It really has nothing to do with Louisville at all. Because this, this is the first year where I barely watched any of their games at all. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have to. It, it right. didn't matter to me. Um, I think it's just more based on Florida... Finishing games in a weak fashion. Huh. You start out yeah. strong, but finish weak. 
All right, so you could possibly take the bragging rights for college football as I have one game up on you and we have mm-hmm. two differences in opinion. It could play out in a very interesting fashion. So we'll have to keep an eye on those games. Uh, real quickly, final season of the NFL. You know, We've kind of shown our hand on some of these picks here, but let's go through them quickly. Baltimore at Cincinnati, minus three at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastern time. I have the Ravens. Um, I think that they need to, you know, keep this streak going. That they, you don't want to, you know, kind of lie down a little bit going into the playoffs here. Yeah. And I think just overall more talent than the Bengals. Granted, uh, Ravens are playing on the road, but uh, just you know too many weapons uh, on offense. And you gotta, you I gotta expect, you know, they're gonna heal. Uh, you know, Ray Lewis have them come back for the playoffs and all that. I think they just got to get the momentum going if they want to make that push in the playoffs. So I'll, I'll pick the Ravens, win by three, or not, not even win by three, Cincinnati's favored. So they give me the Ravens. Yeah, I also think Baltimore will pull this out, but I think it's going to be like a field goal at the end of the game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that the, the gap between these teams is closed drastically mm-hmm. <laughs> over the season. And... Um, you know, Cincinnati's playing really well at the the time that they need to be playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baltimore is finally getting things back on track like they they needed to be. Um, you know, earlier on in the season, we thought, oh, it's all locked up. They're going to win this easily. It got really close mm-hmm. <laughs> there at the end. Yeah. And um, I think, I think, you know, Maybe in this matchup, you you see Baltimore, you know, pulling away and winning this game. But I think if maybe there's a rematch in the playoffs, things might go the other way. <laughs> it's very possible, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but I, I've got Baltimore, um, you know, close spread. You've got Cincinnati favored. Um, I I I really think Baltimore can will just kind of go in there and steal this one, just mm. maybe late in the game, right. Chicago at Detroit plus three, also at one PM Eastern. What do you think? I have Detroit. Mm-hmm. Having them play the spoiler. Yes, and I I have Calvin John- Johnson just like setting that new record and putting a stamp on it. Well, he's already set the new record. It's just can he go over? You but know, I mean, thousands? I mean, putting a stamp on it, and mm. that's what I mean. Being the LeBron James, yes, he is. He is setting setting his own benchmark for people to try and get by. Who knows if that'll ever happen? So you think Chicago fighting for that playoff spot from what you've watched just can't do it? I just think Detroit's going to go out there and just, you know, this is their Super Bowl. <laughs> it is. This is their last game. I think that. They put up crazy stats on offense. Here's why, as a Detroit Lions fan, lose this game. The season has been a wash. Get the best draft spot that you can. Because what do you have to gain by being a spoiler to the Bears? Nothing. I mean, yes, I, I totally agree. I think Calvin should put... His name on the record, put a stamp on it, all that good stuff. But I think when the Bears are trying to fight for their lives, and they are a good team. I just think with the disappointments that 
there have been with this season already, just give us a good draft pick. <laughs> and maybe that's not being a, an, you know, a true fan or whatever. No, 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 no. What I'm thinking is like, you know, that's what you would, you would think. A lot of people would think, oh, that makes sense. But, you know, maybe to them, to win is more important to them, just motivation-wise. I don't know. I mean, it's got to feel good to kick someone out of the playoffs. I'd... You had a player take a punt from a safety <laughs> and kneeled on the four-yard line. What has happened to the Detroit Lions this season? Like, it's a joke. It's a, You even see Jim Schwartz. Mouthing on the sidelines, like that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> it, ridiculous. Whatever. Um, give me the Bears. Plus three. That's that's yeah, fine. Uh, Houston at Indianapolis plus four at one p.m. Eastern. I got the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, Houston is going to you know try to play for that uh, you know home field advantage throughout the playoffs, but I think Chuck Pagano coming back that continues the motivation. For mm-hmm. the Colts. And granted, the last time they played, it wasn't that close. But this time, it's in Indianapolis. They're going to have that crowd. And they want that momentum going in the playoffs. And four points, I could see it being a field goal game. And that would mean Houston doesn't cover that those four points. So, I've got the Colts. Um, let's see. Uh, Houston doesn't need that game, do they? Well, do they? They're, they're technically tied right now uh, with... Who's the other team that's up there with Denver? Denver. Um, they're tied right now with the uh, the best record in the AFC with the mm-hmm. tiebreaker. Uh, so if they win, they do get the AFC home field advantage. Well, um, you know, you look at last year. Well, that was the first year that Houston made the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm, right. So this whole thing that's going on with them this year, this is new to them. Mm-hmm. They're not like a lot of these other teams. Atlanta. Right. Um, you know, Green Bay. Um, te- you know, New England. Teams that, you know, make the playoffs a lot. You get a lot of high seeds. Get a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, top of the division seeds. Um, with home field advantage. But, you know, often sit players good players near the end of the season last couple games or whatever so i don't think they're kind of used to that attitude they're they're um you know they might very well do that um it's possible i mean but the thing is i don't don't know do you do they want to risk having to go to denver later Mm. i mean that's why i'm kind of thinking that like i don't really see them i see them like trying to win this game as hard as they can Mm -hmm. yeah because, um, I don't know, like just kind of like with these other teams that have some pretty big games against playoff divi- playoff teams, basically, in the um, their final games. I, I think think it's like a measuring stick is where you are. Like especially like Atlanta's game, I kind of think that's they'll kind of be able to see where they are. Sure. <laughs> um, and so that, that I think that that's why I'm going to pick Houston because um, they're not used to being in this position, and I, I think they're going to I think they're gonna give it everything they got. Um, I I I think winning this game now and and having that guaranteed spot 
at home field advantage throughout the entire thing benefits them a lot more than not mm-hmm. having that because Denver is one of those places that it's harder to play in. It really is harder to play in because of the elevation. A lot of you know it does affect a lot of people. Um, you know if you practice there all the time and if you don't, um, and they have a really good crowd. Um, so I, I think that they want this game. They 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 realize that they they want that home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. So I, I don't see them taking it easy. Is what I say. So, so that's why I think they're an overall better team that can win this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Philadelphia at New York Giants minus nine and a half. What do you got? <laughs> uh, I guess you got to take Giants. You... Well, I am going to take the Giants because Philadelphia is a black hole. Um, sorry. It's just like you even had Nick Foles playing a few games, and then he hurts his hand or wrist or something like that, so you have Mike Vick back in. Uh, questionable. Just that whole team. So the Giants need to try to keep their playoff hopes alive and yeah. so help us all if they actually make it. But, yeah. Not picking Philadelphia the rest of the season when I made that declaration. I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. But what do you have is the question. Oh, well, you know, that was kind of like a general statement to everybody. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) You got to take them. And it's the same thing. You got to take the other team if it's Philadelphia. they're They're right now tied with the Lions for, you know, what is like the. They're right now like around the fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, spot in the draft or whatever. It's the same kind of logic. Like winning now and pushing yourself down in the draft is just almost backwards thinking with a lost season that it already is. So it's it's the same kind of logic. Yeah. Um, but nine and a half. I don't know. Giants might not cover. Yeah. I. I think. I think the 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 Philadelphia Eagles will cover that for them. <laughs> <laughs> They'll spot them somehow. Okay, all right. There you go. Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota needs to win to lock up their playoff spot, but they are underdogs by three points mm-hmm. to the visiting pack. I have Green Bay. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers. Like they're going to try to fine tune, uh, you know that that attack and try to get themselves going in the playoffs. And Green Bay is going to load the box. And I think Adrian Peterson will have a good game. Um, but I don't think Christian Ponder can make enough plays when Green Bay stacks the box. And he should have the opportunities on the outside. But Ponder's had a rough year, man. Mm. Some pretty bad games. And I think Green Bay does enough to cover three points. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like like I was saying earlier, like I, I want Minnesota to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it gives people something to talk about. I think yeah. it 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 uh it's a kind of oh well like because you know then even if he doesn't get the record then he can you know put on yards in however many games. I don't really know how far they would make it if they if they got in, but um I don't know. It's kind of hard to hard to think that you know they'll be able to stop green bay mm-hmm. um and i don't know it's it's interesting because when i when i watch green bay's defense um there are times this season where like it just looked like they couldn't do they couldn't do anything 
right? They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't. You would throw the ball over them, um, and it was basically like Aaron Rodgers had to outscore the other team. Um, yeah. And so you know, there's something to be said about like. Okay, so we we say, okay, so how do you stop Adrian Peterson? You you put nine guys in the box. Okay, you you just put everyone up. Isn't that what people have been doing like the past four or five weeks against him? You'd think. They have. I don't even know. That's what I don't understand. It's like you put that many guys up. How in the world is he still running for that many yards? You know that they're just going to keep handing the ball. I I don't know. I think there's something kind of to be said about that. I don't know if, you know, I I don't really see them winning this game. I want them to. Um, I mean, like I I I would pick Green Bay, but like I don't know. You just you got to think. Hasn't everybody been trying to stop him the right. past couple weeks because they've been talking about this for a while now, and. He is still running through defenses like, you know, Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. No, I'll pick. I'll pick Green Bay. All right, but I. No, watch out. I yeah, I don't know. We don't know. No one knows. It'll be a good game. That's for sure. Five at four twenty-five in that afternoon slot. But that'll be when the game of the year show's going on. Oh no! <laughs> no. Well, we will get the uh, the night game at 8.20 for the NFC East Championship. Uh, Dallas Cowboys going to Washington to face the mm-hmm. Redskins. Minus 3.5 in favor of the Skins. I have the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't think the storybook season has a happy ending. And it, it's just almost got to wonder, like, does the charm run out? Mm-hmm. Um, granted, Washington has been playing good football, but you could see the Cowboys coming in and sneaking this one away. At the very least, um, the three and a half is dangerous because Dallas has been playing close games, winning or losing by a field goal. Um, and you could see, you know, them pulling out a last-second field goal, and yeah, uh, or you know, even if Washington kicks a last-second field goal to win. Um, I'm going to pick Dallas as far as that goes. Should be a fun game, though. Give it a watch. I'm going to give the media what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm going to pick Washington. I'm going to say they, they you know, ride their, their hero into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, no nobody really thought that that Robert Griffin the third come in and kind of do what he's doing. Well, absolutely. Um, he's freakishly athletic, can throw the ball far, and is doing it against good defenses. It's, it's surprising. And, um, you know, it, a lot of people thought, you know, Andrew Luck would come in and do pretty well. But I really don't think many people thought that it would be the case here because I think a lot of people thought he would rely too much on his athleticism and maybe get hurt. And as, as happens with a lot of quarterbacks who, you know, have that athletic, you know, talent, mm-hmm. they, you know, they rely too much on it, but you I mean, he really hasn't. They've, 
Um, it's surprising because, you know, they have some talent on that team, but really not nearly as much as most teams offensively. And he's he's making plays for them. I, I think that they have enough to, to beat Dallas, um, you know, by like a touchdown. And, you know. No, I, their way in the, get get in the playoffs. I agree. I'd I'd like to see the Redskins in the playoffs. I think it'd be a great story, and it would just make that <laughs> NFC even more interesting. Uh, I just think as far as picks go, I gotta take the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We disagree on three games, which will be very interesting when you are a game up in the NFL. I'm a game up in college football, and this will be the week that decides it all. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it resolves itself next week. We'll have the Game of the Year awards show for Show Me Your News and the SMYN Network. Uh, mm-hmm. Sunday, it's looking like it's going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so give that a watch. i got to put this up online and then go back to editing and uh, just Yeah, so you work, get a taste work. of all the other shows on the network. Yeah, yeah it'll be, be a lot of fun. So anyway, with all of that out of the way, with that, I am Peter. And I'm Joel. And we hope you enjoy the week in sports.